Hello everyone, Rev Brand here, and you're listening to Soccer Chaplains United's podcast from the Touchline. Today, two special people join me on the pod. Our very own Christina Garber, volunteer chaplain to the Portland Thorns, and first-time guest Lori Kruger. Lori is the volunteer chaplain for the KC Current and the chaplain coordinator for the NWSL, that's the National Women's Soccer League here in the U.S., Lori, Christina, and I talk about a bevy of topics surrounding the women's game, from the U.S. Women's National Team Equal Pay Settlement, the new NWSL CBA, as well as previewing the league and specific teams that that these ladies serve. It's a great podcast capped off with Lori's first attempt at the game Crosses with Rev, and she does brilliantly. So stay tuned. We get talking about NWSL and all things women's soccer right after this. a little off foot thinking he's going to go far post not strong enough with his right hand whips that one in far post almost made him in and they have he has the hat trick the second in his career the third of the night the hat trick hero talked about you're not going to be able to sustain that kind of pressure to the corner goes towards the near post and you're the angle and what a goal what a goal Christina and Lori, welcome to the podcast today. Lori, this is your first time on, so I'd like for you to start with us. Give us a short introduction, share with our listeners your work, your involvement with the league, and and the things kind of you've been doing in the past few years. Well, first of all, Brad, I'm super uh, grateful for this opportunity to be on here with you and Christina. It is my first time, so yay. Uh, Excited for that. Uh, I actually have been serving within the league for the last 10 years. So when the league started, uh, I got a phone call from a front office asking if I'd be willing to come meet a girl. And that's how all of this started, which I I love that story of how God just takes um, some people who are willing and and then he multiplies it, right? So uh, so I've been serving back when the team was called FC Casey. Uh, They were here for five years and then unfortunately, they got ripped from my clutches. No, <laughs> no, they were. There's no uh, emotion there for you. No emotion. Um, I do know that you did call me to talk through the grieving process with me uh, <laughs> as they left. Truth. Uh, then they were in Utah for a while, and then last year, thankfully, the team was relocated back to Kansas City. There, like Casey Woso, and at the end of last season, they got a new name. So now we're the Casey Current. See, uh, evidence that God answers prayer. I, I knew yes. that you were praying for it. Full disclosure, my, my brother and his family live in Olathe, Kansas, near you. And so these events are not lost to me. So, yes. Yeah. Well, we're the soccer capital of the United States. So exactly. we need both a men's and a women's side. Don't give me that face, Christina. <laughs> you have the Hall of Fame and everything. So for yeah. sure, for sure. Yeah. So I've been serving them for 10 years and then also overseeing uh, the chaplains serving in the NWSL. Awesome. awesome. Thanks for that, Lori. And Christina, you've been on the podcast a couple of times. You always make fun of me. Um, but share with us a little bit about uh, life for you right now, work that you do with the Portland Thorns, and yeah, just anything else you want to share real quick. Yeah, I've been uh, with the Portland Thorns for, I think we decided this is my fourth season. So I don't know how it's, it's not that big of a number, but I keep losing tracks. So it gets uh, bigger all the time. It gets bigger. Yeah. And, uh, 
each year has been different and each year has been unique and fun and getting to know different people along the way. So, um, and you're not seeing Christina right now, but there's a little tongue in cheek, as you said, each year's been a little unique and fun and different. You know, maybe you should, you should post uh, these videos, um, give people a little bit more context. No, it's been a lot of fun, actually. It's been really challenging. Each year has been radically different, but that's not special and new to the Thorns. That's, mm -hmm. I feel the like league. that is the norm <laughs> for the league. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the the reality is you have to be kind of plucky and quick on your toes, and um, and that's fine with me. So I enjoy that part. of. Well, you're a mom of three, so it fits like what you have to do. You know, I have cat-like reactions and um, that is that has been imparted from my kids and catching them off of ledges and jumping off of things. But yeah, it translates into the adult world too. So um, a little bit more on the, on the um, not as physical side. I'm not catching people off ledges in the adult world, but uh, yeah, I, so the last few years I worked with crew and um that's what i do with most of my week but i get to serve the thorns on um on the off hours and it brings me a lot of joy crew for our listeners is not the thing that you do in the water with a boat and oars it's actually a, an organization um connected into well it's formerly campus crusade and connected into a couple other things but uh yeah i Thanks, will tell Christina. you a funny story <laughs> yeah pause so uh, when I was a freshman at Washington State University, I was in, I was dying in an econ class and the person next to me was like, hey, would you ever um, be interested in being um, a coxswain for crew? And I was like, I don't know what those things are. <laughs> and um, <laughs> they, they truly tried to recruit me so aggressively which I honestly think I would have done a really great job. But the kicker was that you had to go down to like the Snake River at 5 a.m. in the morning. And I was like, yeah, like I'm a deal over. breaker. Yeah. I was like, I'm not your girl. Mm -hmm. So um, and and so that was my reference, right, for crew. But then a few weeks later, someone was like, hey, I want to bring you to the same crew. And I was like, no, I already like <laughs> we've already been here. I've already Snake had River, 5 a.m. No, thanks. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, no, 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 no. It's like this collegiate. Um, you know, ministry. And I was like, okay. <laughs> that is, that's a great story. And Christina, that's going to come up in a future podcast. Let me just, <laughs> <I can> only... <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies, let's jump into the fire a little bit right off the bat. Although where else would we jump with NWSL and Ugh. everything about the women's game? There's a lot going on and I don't know if that's good or bad, but women's soccer's in the news or in the press. And so I was trying to think, where do we start? Do we start with the pay settlement for the women's national team? Do we start with everything that went on in NWSL last year? Um, you know, for those that don't know, players from the women's national team just settled their class action equal pay lawsuit against the U.S. Soccer Federation. Um, they received uh, about $24 million, so a little bit less than a month ago now. And, and that settlement means players are going to get paid out. There's some formulas on how that all happens for the national team players. So uh, it seems like good news, but, you know, there's some controversy around it. Lori, Christine, I just wonder what, what's your guys' take on equal pay and 
how does this impact? I, I imagine you know a lot of the women's national team players are playing in teams that you're working with and throughout the league. Um, what's sort of the general consensus? What, how are they feeling about equal pay for this, for national team? The big step forward for the women, knowing that they're going to be compensated the same as the men. I mean, when you look at the women's game, I know both sides when you're playing for your country requires a lot of sacrifice, but the women, they do sacrifice a lot. Like, you know, over the years when, you know, you're in a hotel room for 180 nights a year and you're sacrificing, you're, you're not with your family at weddings and, you know, funerals and baby showers. They, they do sacrifice a lot to be on this team. And so I think it's about time that they get compensated this, the same as the men going forward. So I, I think it was a, a big step forward in the right direction for mending that relationship between U.S. soccer and the women's side. So I actually am excited for the women's team going ahead. I think they've got amazing leadership in there on their coaching staff. I think, I think good times are ahead for us on the women's national team. Yeah, and and tightly related into this, uh, NWSL just kind of negotiated, or the players did a new CBA collective bargaining agreement, and so that that's something that is is always a hallmark and earmark of a maturing league is to have agreements that kind of give players protection. Um, is it does this feel like hey, there's some great momentum around these things uh, around the the women's side for the for the players for the athletes themselves? I think absolutely. I think absolutely we're making, are we where we need to be in 10 years? No, but have we made great strides? Yes. It's like when you think about how long these women, especially like with the gender discrimination, I mean, they've been going to bat for this for years and years. Mm -hmm. The amount of effort required by the players to say like enough is enough and we deserve, we, we deserve this and we're gonna fight for it. Because I will say the women that um, I've had the privilege of serving over the last 10 years, it's not just lip service for them. Like they really do want to leave the game of soccer better than they found it. They really do want to make um, opportunities for the women who are coming behind them better than what they experienced. It, and so they're willing to go to bat, not just for themselves, but for the generation that's coming up behind them. And I, I think that's an exciting place to be. Do you do you find, Lori? Um, I wonder, and 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 again, not not to get into specifics, but I know that some of the some of the athletes were part of original MLS 1.0. You know, they look at the pay scale, the wage scale today, and it's like I didn't get paid that much when I when I played for the league. And and there seems to be not that they're disgruntled, but there's at least a little bit of hey, remember my legacy. Remember, we were the pioneers and we broke ground here. Um, but I, I see the women on the women's side, there's a little bit more of a, I don't, I don't know if it's because it's closer time-wise. Um, MLS started in 96, um, NWSL now goes into what its 10th season, as you said. Yeah. So, so it feels like there's a, a greater sense of unity between the pioneering generation for the league and, mm-hmm. and the current players. Is that, would you say mm-hmm. that's true? I think that's fair. For sure. Uh, and we see like, which is really amazing to see the women that are turning around and coming back to be a part like Cindy Parlow. Like when you watch a pot, when you watch a broadcast, I mean, Julie Fowdy is leading the broadcast, you know, like you have women. If you look at ownership groups, some women who were, were athletes have come back and are pouring back 
into the league. Um, the league has been intentional about, you know, um, providing opportunities for even current players to, to get their coaching certification because yeah. we need more women who have actually experienced it as athletes to come back in and make this place a better place to play, a better place to work. And so, yeah, I, but I do, I, I'm with you. It probably, does, it probably does help with the momentum that from the um, inception of the league to when the CBA is formed, that it is closer together. I feel like that does help create momentum for sure. Christina, you, the Portland Thorns are kind of the flagship team for NWSL, at least at least it, it, on appearances, right? I don't want to get in a battle between you two, uh, between KC and Portland. But, Christina, how do you see Portland sort of driving, pioneering through different things in terms of the women's game from the club perspective? Do you, do you see that yourself? Yeah, I mean, the... <laughs> The interesting thing about Portland, I know it gets enough uh, ragging on and, and flack for just the city that it is, and it tends to be a hotbed of political climates and, and all that. But what the reality is, is and I, and I think it's what's making it so attractive on one hand for players to want to play here, is that I've said this before, but the the thorns are really like the heartbeat of the city you when you go to a thorns game you will see the population there is loaded with families loaded with diversity um how, how many come out to a thorns game well so i mean covid is yeah. unfair but i mean there were years prior where there were like nineteen thousand. that i mean that's more than a rapids game that's so incredible. i mean that's that's amazing support and yeah that's a city getting behind a team, right? A women's team. A women's team, but I and I, I do think like the the women's team represents so much more than just the sport. It, um, you know, when I take my kids, especially my daughter, but we take everyone. Um, it is a really unique thing to see your daughter see the mm -hmm. profound. Uh, payoff and hard work of what these women have fought for since they were her age when she, yeah. and she's nine. And so it's so important for, for families, for individuals to see the progress that these women have made. And it is unique that you have these generations circling back in and maintaining the inertia of, hey, this is, here's the, the pinpoint of where this league was, you know, six years ago we've moved the mile marker a little bit more and I, you can see that in the thorns you can see um because again it's not just about the sport it's about all the and it it's about all the things that come out of it you know women being protected there being a safe space um for whistleblowers when things go off the rails and they're not taken seriously and yeah. so i think especially last year across the league in particular yes at the thorns um, there were events where it was like, yep, here's an opportunity for women to be heard and respected and for there to be a due process or realize, hey, that process was broken. Yeah. Yeah. And we need to repair it. I mean, you know, last week, International Women's Day, we celebrating that like and as a, a father of four daughters, for me, I'm starting to realize and and having to tell my my daughters, hey, you might be running up against 
these ceilings, these invisible ceilings, because they're like, Dad, what? Why didn't I get this role, or why didn't why didn't this particular thing happen to me? And and I'm seeing it in a totally unique and different way. And and Christina, you just mentioned some of the stuff that went on last year in the league. And for those that don't know, there was a massive story that broke in the Athletic, and and it really stung. I think, at least for me, it stung because again, you see, even in what we would think is a you know, great society, American society, whatever, you see the vulnerabilities that still exist for women in the world and how complaints about sexual uh, and emotional abuses that were going on in the league kind of went unchecked or ignored or or we could say it even at the very least, they just weren't given the attention they deserved. And so generally speaking, what, how has that had an impact, Lori and Christina, for uh, people within the league and the teams that you guys are working with just to have this sort of, I don't know, this, this huge heartbreaking story last year. That's, it was just wrong. And, and thankfully, it got grabbed up by some of the national media and they, and they gave it attention and some things started changing. I think there's, so there's, I'll just say really briefly, I think it's connected to the equal pay because mm-hmm. when you, uh, in one respect, when you have a huge discrepancy or any discrepancy between two parties who do the same thing. It is a hotbed for excuses and um, dismissals. And I think when you have the basics of, and they're equal, so pay being one of those things where it's like, hey, yeah, we are saying that um, you are an equal, you are a peer, you're not JV. Um, and just because women's sport hasn't quite caught up to that level yet, it doesn't mean that there needs to be a pay discrepancy, right? And so I think those things are connected. I think it is important too when um, Lori was talking about how you have some of the prior generations of women's soccer, some of the legacies who are looping back in and who never really left. Um, they, are, they are historical accountability. And you have new women coming into the sport who don't know the lay of the land. And so when you have historical accountability there, you get to say, hey, um, no, this is not what you should just put up with because this is what I put up with. Mm -hmm. Like I see this and this needs to change. This has historically been an issue and this needs to change. And I think, because I think the tendency honestly for women is like, yeah, you just like put your head down and try to keep busting through. And, and I don't think that's the reality here, right? Like we, we need to be able to say, this is not right. And you don't have to put up with this. And here are the people who will back you. Yeah. Um, You you know, what, one of the things that struck me as I watched, um, I think it was an interview on good morning America or something with, with one of the gals from Portland thorns. She was live in studio and one of the national team gals kind of from that previous generation was there and they're like, why are, why are you here? And I, and I forget, was it, was it Julie Foudy or Mia Hamm? I, I forget who it was that was sitting with her. And she says, I'm just here for her. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it was almost like, yeah. I'm not here for questions or, or to, to talk much. I'm just here to like walk with this person, put my arm around this tough moment and I'm going to be here. And I, I love that. Again, that's that's one of the symbols or signs of unity that I'm seeing amongst the women's game that's just tremendous to me. 
which I think goes ties back to you know what happened last year we did see a, a, a togetherness a unity like a heartbreak across the league a mourning uh, a lament uh, mm-hmm. when I think where they're doing like at the sixth minute mark how the opposing teams would circle up like yep. we are in this together and I think that is something because every I, I believe like every adversity there's always an opportunity that comes out of it and the fact that okay this is an opportunity for us to have one voice one voice collective together like we're hurting together but we love each other and and healing doesn't happen in the darkness right like healing happens when the darkness gets pulled back the curtain gets pulled back and 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 light gets to be brought into situations which happened last year although honestly I felt like we were at the beach going okay we survived this wave that and then and then there was another wave and another wave and you're like could we just have some calm water (laughs) please some calm water um, but we, but it, but it was so necessary and so needed because, I mean, those women like suffering in silence for so yeah. many years is like devastating. Yeah. And I think too, it's connected to, like, the, the wholeness of of the player, right? Yeah. I think we've talked multiple times about, um, you know, you're not just caring for the athletic side of this person and seeing them just as a player, but their entirety mm-hmm. is what's important and valuable in this game. And um, I will say, I think there's something unique about women's sport because it, it's, again, I've said this so many times, it's not about the sport, but it's about what women experience across any industry, right? across yeah. any pocket. Um, there's like, I will challenge you to find a woman who has not like looked over her shoulder when she's walking by herself at night or yeah. felt unsafe in a circle where she is the only woman and like is she gonna be respected for her her um you know mental input and contributions and so there is a unifying thing but i don't know man it's exhausting and it but it's like so unique and special to watch women continue to fight and I will say, like, I would like to give a shout out to the dudes who do yeah. come alongside and don't try to steal the spotlight, but who are advocates and who come in and say, hey, how can I help? Yeah, I'm how here can I serve you? Serve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I think it's important for men to elevate, to encourage, and not to just virtue signal. Like, I do think there's quite a bit of virtue signaling that goes where at least in, in elite professional sport on social media, just people just like, oh, I'm going to retweet this just because just it's a good thing to do maybe, but they don't really invest of themselves. But you're right, I, I do think we need to praise, and especially, again, as I'm thinking about my own daughters and, and trying to empower them and equip them to not be held back by what the world or a boardroom might think of them, but just to move forward in confidence, it it is so challenging. It's so hard. So, so let me ask this. We, we mentioned her name already. Cindy Parlocone just won a four-year re-election as U.S. soccer president and just, just a few weeks ago. And, you know, again, I think among soccer, it's, it seems to me after 20-plus years, 25 years almost, that there's, there's always politics and controversy around any candidate for U.S. soccer. But um, how – what are some of the feelings about Cindy's – former player she's a female she's a president in this position is there a sense that 
for for the ladies in the game that this is a stronger voice and and that they've got a greater advocate for themselves in the game i believe yes um and for the reasons that you mentioned you know she's an athlete she gets that side of the game she's a strong leader where you know i i don't know her personally but but as a strong leader you surround yourself with you know people who are experts at the business maybe she doesn't need to be an expert of that because good leaders surround themselves with other good leaders um, I, but I do think the fact that she is a strong woman who has a vision to grow the game, who has the background of, of being on the other side of it, I, I think she adds so much value. And I'm excited to see what, what happens during her leadership. Yeah, I, and, you know, I don't know if my math is right, but it seems like she'd be up for re-election in 2026, which is World Cup year that will come to North America. So I'm excited to see like what other growth and development it, you know, part of her, I think her, her repertoire, her resume has been this helping get the settlement across the line. Right. And I think some people say, maybe you settled for too little money. Um, maybe it wasn't enough. Maybe it's just a starting point, whatever that is. But that is one of the things I think that helped her win reelection. I'm curious how, you know, what, what will be some of the new challenges she faces and, and how does she lead in, in those moments? And I'm, I'm excited to see, uh, again, how, how that plays out, especially for a former player, former national team and player coach. like Cindy. Yeah, she and coach. Coach, like she, she, which I love that, bringing yeah. all of those experiences well, for this deal. moment in U.S. soccer history. Like, how cool is that? Yeah. 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 Well, so these are some of the bigger, broader issues, but let's get team specific. Lori, now you're going to put on the Casey Current hat and, and um, Christina, you've got the Thorns hat on. What what are some of your outlooks for teams this year? Like, of course, I know Christina's going to say the Thorns are going to win everything because Portland people, uh, Ben and Troy and Christina, always say that. Um, but what are what are the outlooks for your teams and, and what are you thinking? We've got Challenge Cup comes up Friday, and so – Thorns are taking on the the rain, a good rivalry match there. It's kind of like drive, what is it, an hour, 45 minutes, and go go face off against the other local women's team. But what what are the outlooks? Christine, let's start with you since you got a big grin on your face and you're already glints of trophies and championships in your eyes. We have trophies and championships too. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, You know, I... Honestly, I, um, like I said in the very beginning, each year is so different. And um, there was so much shifting on the roster, and there's a new coach, there's a new GM. You have some Canadian leadership too. Woohoo. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, oh boy. <laughs> they're party. taking over the thorns. It's, it's, it's you're a good hand. Uh, so, so I just think like, frankly, I, I'm just like, I put my seatbelt on and buckled in for the ride. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. Um, they have so there, yeah, it's just like a brand new team. And so I just don't know. I just don't know what it's going to look like, but I will say, uh, for some preseason games, um, that I've, I've been able to see it's, they're a tenacious team. And uh, if there are no injuries, if we keep 
steaming forward, it's going to be a rock star season. <sighs> oh, and they obviously so, think they're like oh, the best. So oh, <laughs> you will have something to say about that. <laughs> Christina, say, you will... guys crashed out last year, though. So, I mean, I was pulling. Well, yeah, it was a rough end of the year, if you remember what was <laughs> happening then. <laughs> so I will say, though, I feel really proud and excited and again it's like it's who's up front and who people see but it's a huge women's leadership team yeah and i feel very it doesn't solve everything let me say that sure but it is very exciting to see that as a reality yeah lori do you what casey current um which why well maybe you can tell us why it's current yeah so it, where they're building the stadium and the training facility is in Riverside, and there's a river that runs through, so the current oh, is the current. And, sense. yeah, there's power underneath the current that you don't see, which is the current, right? Under the river. So, I, okay. I've, I've been rapids for 20-plus years, and everybody was like, is that a whitewater rafting company? Before they knew that soccer existed in America. Okay, yeah, That's so. Amazing. I would say if I were to just describe the season in one word, it would be the word new, which mm -hmm. uh, we have a new facility, which I actually drove by yesterday to see the construction, the new training facility. We are going to be the first team that will have a stadium specific soccer venue just for the women. They'll be the primary tenants. Wow. I mean, wow. how yes, amazing. Are. Yes, you are. Is uh, it a turf field, Lori, or is it natural grass? Uh, this I do not know. I will have to look it up. I hope it, but yeah, I don't know. But, but I have seen the schematics. Like they do, the, they have a, a really cool uh, like visual where you can see it, but I don't know. It just is green. So I don't know if it'll be grass or turf. Uh, but that is coming in a couple of years. And we have a new coaching staff. We have the roster same as Christina. I actually, when I look across the league, I feel like they put everybody's names in this big shaker and then yeah. we're like, woo, yeah. uh, because we, they're making moves. They are yeah. making moves. Um, but we have some, some new people on the roster and have a championship mindset. So I, uh, championship leadership with the ownership. Uh, yeah, new and exciting. I will add that, new and exciting. Because we already had a good fan base last year. And if you looked at the standings, we didn't really end up where we had hoped to end up. Um, but this is a new year. And so yeah. it's going to be super exciting. That's great. <laughs> That's exciting. So Challenge Cup kicks off Friday night. Um, the rain against the thorns. And then uh, league schedules coming out. Um, yeah, it's a World Cup year for the men's side. So d does that gain any traction in the minds of, of the women's side? Do they do they get excited and pumped about watching that as well, do you think? or? Sure. They. I mean, I, we've had a few athletes live with us, and soccer is always on the television. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I would say absolutely. They love most of the women in the league. They're, they're kind of soccer junkies. Like, they love soccer. So, yeah, sure, I think sure. that... That will be exciting for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love World Cup years because it's like there's going to be a lot of soccer on TV. And, and yeah. yeah, and I can put that in front of American football. Of course, the Broncos, uh, where I live, just traded for a quarterback finally. So we, we might actually have something to cheer for this year. But anyway. Russell Wilson. Yeah. I saw that. 
Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Well, Lori, <laughs> you're new. real cheeky with it. <laughs> Lori, you're new to the podcast. And so mm -hmm. I want to play this little game with you before we wrap up the show today. We're going to we're going to close praying for I'm going to ask you two to pray for the teams in the league. Um, but before we do that, I want to play this little game with you called mm -hmm. Crosses with Rev. I'm going to ask you a series of A or B questions. Maybe there will be a few of these um, short answer the goal is to just answer these as quick as you can in one minute to try and get through as many as you can. Um, I, so don't I, think. Yeah. It's Yikes. just reaction. Not reaction. This is scary. I'm glad yeah. that we could potentially edit this out. <laughs> oh, oh, no, this isn't getting edited out. This, oh, is, okay. this is fun. And and I'm taking some notes here, and I'm like, I don't think we played this, Christina, when you were first <gasps> yes. on the podcast. Let's so do it. I will. I'll have to. When we have you back on, we'll we'll do this again. Um, yep. So uh, what will happen, Lori, is I will start the timer after completing the first question, and I'm just gonna make some tick boxes. You can, if a question is too difficult for you, yeah. you can say pass. You will not gain any points out of that question. Okay. So the either or questions are one point, short answers three. You wanna get through as many as you can. I have about 25, 26 questions here. Oh, my land. Okay. So, I, you know, you just get through as many as you can, um, okay. and you want to try and get points here. So, okay, so I'm going to get my timer set and ready, and um, we will get rolling here. All right. You ready? I think as I will ever be. <laughs> here, here we go. Left-footed or right-footed? Right. My favorite NWSL team is? Casey Current. Dribble or pass? Pass. Mustang or Wildcat? Mustang. Casey Joes or Jack Stack? Casey Joes. Charter bus or 16-passenger van? Ooh, van. U.S. or Canada? Ca oh, both. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite post-game meal is? Smoothies. Go big or go home? For sure. K-State or Indiana Westland? Indiana Westland. Grace or Truth? Grace. Challenge Cup or Championship Trophy? Championship Trophy. Boys or Girls? Girls. Children's Mercy Park or Berkeley Riverfront? Berkeley Riverfront. My favorite comedian is? Johnny Cup. Call or text? Call. Downtown Abbey or The Crown? Downtown Abbey. All right. That was it. Uh, wow. Let's see. Uh, I'll have, I'll, I didn't I'll know what three quarters of those things were referring to. He did research on me. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah. Wow. For sure. For Lori's sure. favorite phrase is go big or go home. And so when uh, I, I wasn't sure how you'd answer that one. Would you rather go yes. big or, or go home? Go home. And yes. So you I answered that home. well. And the U.S. Canada, I thought might be a stumper for you, but you, that, you did well there. Well, not well. Yes, I am torn because my husband and children are American, but my homeland is Canada, and I also love. So I love both. So it has to be both. Like I, yeah, I'm putting one foot on each side of the border. So I want to ask you, Woodstock or Leewood? Ooh, what is this? So Woodstock is where I was raised and Leewood was where I used to live. So for sure Woodstock. Okay. Yeah. 
And then Deanna Rose or Mahaffey? Uh, Deanna Rose. Okay. Yeah. These are parks in Kansas City, so. Yeah, and the Deanna Rose, we, we it's like this farmstead where you take the kids, it's amazing. It's and amazing. it's like, it was free pretty much our whole, when my kids were little. Kids, like, kids throw a fishing line in this pond and fish like jump on you. Like it's yeah, funny. it's amazing. So. You can milk a cow. Like yes, yeah. I don't think Goat. it's a real cow. It's like a mechanical cow, but still. <laughs> but they do have live uh, milking time at like three o'clock in the afternoon mm -hmm. with Rosie. Yeah. <laughs> the Mahaffey Stagecoach Stagecoach Park is pretty fun too. You can pay extra money and ride in an actual stagecoach, mm -hmm. but. That was yeah. super fun. Thank you for that. Yeah. yeah, I'll I'll count up your points, but okay. you 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 actually did awesome. You got down through question seventeen, um, so that was good. Okay. And um, yeah, I think you answered most everything. So I'd have to add up the points, but you okay. you've probably. I'm sure it's a lot. I've only done this <laughs> a couple times, and so far you've you're probably the score is up there in the on the top. Okay. Number well, one. you know, I have an EST problem. I like to be the best, so, um. <laughs> so well, if I'm not, just don't tell me. <laughs> I'm joking. As as we wrap up, I want to close, um, have us close in prayer, and just I just ask you to pray for um, your your teams in the league, and then and then I'll just close this with a, a quick a quick prayer. Okay. Yeah. All right. Lord Jesus, we're so grateful, Father, uh, for this opportunity to serve you in, in such a powerful and meaningful way, Lord, to come alongside of these athletes and front offices and staff, Lord, just to encourage them um, how they see their, their role and how they see their world, Lord. I just pray that, uh, specifically for our team in Kansas City, Lord, I just pray that um, each member of the team feels value, valued and loved and appreciated, Lord, um, not just because they're amazing athletes, Lord, but just because they have value because they're created by you. And so God, we just lift up this season to you, Father. Um, we just stand in the gap for them, Lord. We pray that um, you would do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine, Father. And we also lift up the entire, the entire league, Lord. There's just so much hurt that was happening uh, last year, Lord. So we just pray that you would continue to minister and use us to minister, Lord, to be the hands and feet of, of your son, Jesus, um, that we would be able to know how to meet people in their grief and in their suffering, Lord, to um, be uh, just be profound listeners, God, um, but also be dispensers of hope, Lord. Um, so Father, I just pray that you would find us ready and um, willing just to serve you in this league, Father, in a way that will leave a lasting legacy and an impact that will really will, will go on for generations. God, thanks for this league. Thank you for um, the city that is Portland and the Thorns that get to play here. And um, God, I'm just reminded of some of the players that have been allowed to me in the last few years and just listening to their stories and the things in the mile markers of their life that have brought them to this point and how much hard work has mm -hmm. been put into this. And um, God, I pray that their hard work would not be in vain and that it would uh, be seen, that it would be appreciated and ultimately, God, that you would continue to use these platforms and these spaces and their uh, peers and their leaders to, uh, to shape them into the individuals that you desire them to be, that they would 
uh, see challenges that they would see, um, even blessings that come their way as a part of understanding who they are and how they can serve and how they can, um, love you and understand the different sides and, and layers to who you are as a loving and gracious and generous God. And so God, we, uh, just pray a blessing over the league, over our cities, over the individuals that we get to serve. And, uh, we, we pray too for just, uh, moments of gratitude where we can embrace what you have done and what you're continuing to do. And, and I do pray specifically for endurance Mm -hmm. because there's, there's so much more to be done. Mm -hmm. And, and so I do pray for those little pockets and moments where we come up for air, look around, see who's with us and then dive back down in. And so, um, yeah, God, we're, we're grateful for the spaces that you've put us in for the time that it is right now. And, um, yeah, we just love you, Lord. Lord, the thing I love about football is of all sport, it seems to be the most um, easiest for equality between men and women. And and I know it's not where it needs to be for the women's side. And so I just pray, Lord, um, a prayer and a blessing of protection over the women who are working in football uh, as athletes, as coaches, as executives, as staff, as they break new ground, as they fight and strive. Lord, I pray that you would guard uh, their steps, you would watch over their lives, their livelihood, and that you would honor and elevate them. As a daughter, as a father of four daughters, uh, but my hope is to point my girls to examples of women strong in faith, strong in um, in, in their calling and their identity. And, and I pray that women in, in sport, women in soccer would find that identity in you and, and that they would lean into that with strength and confidence as they speak up. And I just pray for protection for them and for the game. And so, Lord, I, I pray too, as, as there are many needs, there's, there's a large gap. And I pray that that gap would, would be smaller and smaller as at the work of, of, of women to just make this game uh, what it what it can be, and I just uh, pray for that. I I thank you for Lori and Christina and others who are investing and in coming alongside um, women everywhere in this sport to to put an arm around them to carry the load, the emotional and spiritual burdens, um, and I just pray that they would feel loved and supported by this. And so, Lord, just. Whatever this podcast can can do and mean for the women's game, I pray that you would bless that too. We we pray a blessing as the league begins uh, their season with the Challenge Cup this Friday, and just pray for protection for fans throughout the year. And and Lord, whatever whatever comes, uh, just give us your strength to lean into these things. So I just pray your blessing, and I pray these things, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Oh, ladies, so good to be with you today. Thanks for coming on the podcast. And uh, yeah, this is this has been fun. This has been really fun. Well done, Lori, for Crosses with Rev. You, you did a great job. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been Rev Brad with chaplains Lori Kruger and Christina Garber coming to you from the Touchline. <laughs>